Arena, Oxford's definition. A level area surrounded by seats for spectators in which sports and other events are held. Fancy, eh? This is The Arena with Dave McIver and Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Welcome to The Arena. My name's Dave McIver, sitting here with my co-host, Joe McFarland. And Joe, we usually start this show with a question. So today the question is, how many times when you were growing up did your parents tell you to put down the controller, go outside, or put down the controller and go get a job? I'm a farm kid. <laughs> so so not the best person it to ask. pretty much happened on a day-to-day oh, basis. Even better. Yeah. So I mean, when when I, as I was growing up, uh, I'm I'm a child of the 80s, uh, which may surprise a lot of people. I got the first Nintendo, right? Or not the first Nintendo, but that was the the introductory, you got the right? Nintendo. Yeah, the Nintendo, not the 64, not the Super Nintendo, the old school Nintendo. Um, and my one of my favorite stories to tell involves my dad. Uh, we used to live in a mobile home right in the town that we grew up in, and it was a uh, out in the porch. It was a covered porch, and that's where we had the Nintendo. And in the middle of winter, because that's where when dad was only able to play because we're out you know, farming, he would have me out there at all hours of the day and night trying to beat me at ice hockey. I might have been six or seven, and I was wiping the floor with him. Blades of steel by chance? No, ice hockey. Like oh, the old oh, school. Oh, okay, yeah. so you guys are on the ice. Oh, oh yeah. okay. No, 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 no. Ice hockey. You remember ice hockey? Fat guy, skinny guy, medium guy? Oh, my. Like the game ice yeah, hockey. Yeah, okay. the game ice See how hockey. how confusing this gets? Already? I know. <laughs> so ice hockey was, it was international. Canada wore green for some reason. Uh, and dad and I would battle on it. Like, And I'd beat him quite handily. He'd beat me at Dr. Mario. So that kind of evened itself out a little, but uh, yeah, there was quite a few games where I would not put the power button off to save some of the stuff. Uh, yeah. It Such was... a classic eighties and nineties move <laughs> where you knew there was no like storage device. The... So you, you had to store your NHL game by not turning off the machine. The worst part about that whole thing is the fact that Every time a storm rolled through, you're like, please, no power bump. Please, no power bump. Or you'd put something, like I used to do it, where I'd put something over the light on the machine so my parents wouldn't see that it was on because if they saw it was on, of course, they were going to turn it off. No, that is is a classic uh, growing up gaming in the the 80s and 90s, and uh, I think it curtails uh, well into our uh, next uh, topic today. And we're going to talk about esports, and uh, I know know, some of you who don't think they're sports, fine, that's fine. We're going to get a good explanation i think as to why they are sports and uh for me growing up it was it was kind of the same thing uh blades of steel really got me going uh, rbi baseball uh and then as i moved into the sega genesis uh the classic the classic nhl 94 which uh if you didn't know that was the theme song to nhl 94 as our intro to the show today mm-hmm. but uh back to esports just uh wow the growth is amazing uh, what we've seen over the last 10 years. And uh, I think our next guest, uh, Spencer Clark, who is uh, part of the esports gaming scene in Calgary, uh, has some explanations on to why and to, to where it's going. It's, it's really, really cool. Yeah, and just to throw it into perspective a little bit before we get to talk to Spencer is there's an article I was reading where one market analyst said $1.7 billion in revenue by 2021. 
Let that sink in for a second. $1.7 billion. So anybody who says, ah, it's just a bunch of kids in their basements, yeah, but they've also got coin. Yeah, and they've gotten out of the basements, and they're playing in big arenas. Ooh, (laughs) well done. He goes by the name Fragout on Twitter, also on his gaming handles. Uh, His real name is Spencer Clark from Calgary. Spencer, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. So I want to get started right from the very beginning with you and sort of your personal story first before we talk about esports in general is what got you hooked on gaming? What got you going and what kind of made you go, hey, this is something I could do on a pretty regular basis? Well, uh, I've been gaming since I was about four years old. My parents gave me the original Nintendo to play Donkey Kong and games like that. And I just always loved loved it and uh, enjoyed the just the fun you could have with it with friends or by yourself and the storytelling and uh, to get into esports it was about six years ago uh, I happened just on uh, social media to see something about uh, competitive Call of Duty which Call of Duty is one of my favorite games uh, and I I started watching the streams for it on Twitch which uh, led me to figure out this whole esports scene and the different games in it and uh i started competing in call of duty tournaments online about six years ago uh that's kind of where i started and then uh from from there i i decided that uh as a player it's really hard to get going unless you're that top five percent uh of the best players in the world and i thought well at some point uh those players are going to retire and stuff like that so i thought well, I may as well look into the business side of esports and uh, running events and that type of thing. And about three years ago, I started running uh, events here in Calgary and uh, going to events across the world to check them out and get ideas from my own. And uh, that's kind of where it all started for me. So I'm curious, and you've sort of seen the the transformation of the the industry, and and in particular, kind of keeping an eye on on what Calgary is. And you said you've you've uh, organized some events. What's the scene like here in Calgary? Uh, the scene here is very quiet. There is a lot. There's a lot of people interested, and we've had so many people talk about it. Uh, it's just getting getting people to consistently come out and having the 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 reach or the the marketing uh, revenue to to be able to to share it look to a larger audience here in Calgary and Western Canada really uh, it's it, it's out there it's just it's bringing all people to a central location that uh, numerous events are happening small large and uh, so it, it it needs some growth. Still, it needs uh, a lot more work here in Calgary, but it's there. Uh, we had a small event last year that we b- marketed for two weeks on Facebook and uh, a couple other social media sites, and we got just over a hundred people in this small community hall for uh, the League of Legends game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had about ten teams show up. We had to turn a few teams away because we just didn't have enough time in the one-day event we were having. And it, it was a, a huge eye-opener for, like, if we could do this in two weeks, imagine if we had three months of uh, paid ads on Facebook and other things that we could have really broadened how many people came to this event and where we held this event. I think uh, it's it's cool what you're doing, Spencer. And uh, one thing that I noticed, I used to work uh, at a bar, and uh, after everybody was done in, in the night, 
guys would go and watch uh, the Rocket League finals that were on or the tournament that was on, and it would be, you know, three in the morning, and they would there'd be a good group of, you know, 30 or 40 guys, you know, in one of the parts of the, uh, the building watching this Rocket League final. And, you know, obviously these guys are all on teams. How do kids or, you know, whatever age you are in Calgary, you know, become a part of a gaming team? Basically, uh, you just have to be able to reach out to people, right? Like uh, social media or uh, we, like I run this Calgary Halo group uh, here in Calgary where we get together monthly. Uh, all you have to do is come out to there. We either, if you don't have friends that play the game, we bring, we have people that will team up with you so you can play or you can at least come out and see what the scene's like. And then from there, you'll make friends in the group and grow. Uh, personally for me, uh, there wasn't very much of a local scene when I started. So I did everything through my Twitter and reached out to, to people who I knew played the game and, and built a following of people that I, I knew were in the scene. And that's how I, I got my first teams. And I just reached out, played with random people, made a lot of really good friends online that I've met in person uh, through these uh, live events across uh, North America and yeah, you just have to be willing to, to reach out to people that you don't know and hopefully they'll give you a shot or you'll give them a shot. And it's a great way to make friends too from across North America. And let me tell you right now, gaming, uh, Calgary Gaming Twitter is strong. Uh, when we put out the tweet, you know, looking for somebody to talk to, all of a sudden I came back to my phone half an hour later, 30 notifications. I was like, wow, my Twitter never blows up like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's there's quite a few different groups. Uh, some are less competitive, like the Twitch Calgary and the YouTube Calgary. They're more like just gamers. They're, they just want a game, and uh, they deal less with the competitive side and more just the fun streaming aspects of, of this new, uh, new age content that is coming out on Twitch and stuff like that. So they're, they're great groups for um, getting to know people in the gaming scene. And we're all really close-knit and know each other. Like, I know Steve, who runs the Twitch Calgary, and we try and help each other out as much as we can to grow the scene here in uh, Calgary. So, yeah, it's, it's a great little Twitter group we have. Coming up, our discussion about eSports continues. This is the Arena on 770 CHQR and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. I'm Jock Wilson. And I'm Dave Rowe. There's nothing better than having the inside track, knowing more before anyone else does. That's what the Stampeder Podcast is all about. The Calgary Stampeder Podcast is not about the X and O's. We're going to take you inside the locker room. We're going to feature stories on your Calgary Stampeder players, alumni players as well. We're going to take you inside the coach's office. And hey, this podcast is about you, the fans. Look, Jock and I, Mark Steven, Greg Peterson, we travel with the team. We're on the sidelines and we're in every broadcast booth in the CFL with the game call. We know more. We're the radio voice of the Stampeders and having almost three decades of partnership with the team allows us to tell the stories you're just not going to hear anywhere else. The Calgary Stampeder podcast can be found in all your favorite locations like our website, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Tune in. You're listening to The Arena with Dave and Joe on 770 CHQR. Esports it's big business. Let's continue our chat about it with Calgary Gamer Spencer Clark. What I find kind of interesting about the dynamics of esports is how it's really changed 
just in the last like you're still a young guy and it's probably you've probably noticed how much it's changed in terms of you know the availability and and the access that you can have to different groups that kind of thing and now you're starting to see some spin-offs of that by the looks of things and one of the things we were talking about uh, earlier was the idea of having it broadcast nationally ESPN's airing something this weekend how big is that in your mind for sort of the awareness of esports and sort of the growth of of what's happening with it it's amazing, in my opinion. A lot of people uh, in the scene still think that, like, Twitch and these uh, these streaming websites are the way to go, like YouTube, uh, because that's where, like, the core audience is. But a lot of people aren't thinking about is all the people who still don't know about esports. And I think that's where ESPN or, like, even your guys' radio talk show is, like, it's spreading awareness about esports uh, and how large it actually is just inside this small group of people who actually know what it is. Uh, I think that the more, uh, the closer we get to uh, traditional sports, like going on ESPN and having like uh, radio talk shows talk about esports on a daily basis and the different uh, franchises and, and games being played at a professional level, the larger the audience will grow because a lot of people still don't know about it. Uh, I remember when I first told my mom about what I wanted to do and she was like saying it was ridiculous. And then as she saw me grow into the scene, she started learning more about it and realizing how big it was as she sat downstairs and watched these large tournaments on me with me on this, uh, on this, on our TV and our uh, PC and everything. So I think it's huge for people who don't just sit at their computer and watch these streams. It'll be on live TV. So I think it's huge. Okay, I'll play the the devil's advocate here then, Spencer. What what do you say to the naysayers that just pretty much say, you know, why are we even talking about this? This isn't even a, these aren't sports per se. Uh, see, the the only reason we're saying that is because, or they're saying that is because it says sports in it. If it was just called competitive gaming. Uh, there would have been no questions about it. It would have just been competitive gaming. But the the term esports or electronic sports was how it all started, and that was the name it was given. And that's the only reason why people uh, naysay it. Uh, everybody likes competitive uh, to watch competitive games. If it's hockey, football, you want to see the the team, the two top teams play a game, and who see who wins see if that team that you thought was second beats that first team and that's same with competitive gaming is that you are looking at the top teams play a game at the highest level and there are those factors those clutch factors where it's like a team that is only supposed to be like top eight is against the first uh seed team in a tournament and they beat them and that is like a crazy high you get from watching it. Like I've jumped out of my seat watching these games. It's it's the entertainment value, in my opinion, is what brings competitive gaming or esports to that level of uh, football or NHL, uh, and why people want to watch it. 
And I think that's a perfect segue into what I wanted to say next, Spencer. So nice work there. Uh, you must be a veteran <laughs> radio guy. Uh, no, but like, like uh, let's let's take a look at what's been happening. I mean, Madden's been used, or uh, the NFL's been using Madden for years as a marketing tool. I, I remember watching at least, you know, probably 10 years ago on the NFL Network, watching Maurice Jones-Drew, running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, play against uh, other NFLers. And now you're seeing the NHL do it as well. They had their first world championships this year. Uh, Eric Temenpa wins f- 50000 Kessel to Crosby, Crosby dangling, Malkin, no, it won't go, Eki wins the tournament here in Stockholm. It's that kind of stuff that you guys are looking forward uh, or for from the kind of bigger, uh, you know, ESPNs, NHL, Madden, FIFA, all those groups. Yeah, and like uh, with the sports games coming into it, I think that's a really cool way of... uh, bringing these NHL teams in and stuff like that. It's, it's interesting to see it like the, you'll have the real sports and then these uh, competitive gaming sports of the same like NHL and then the NHL uh, eSports League. Uh, I think that's a really cool way of mixing it together and kind of slowly transitioning people into the, the thought of eSports. But at the same time, I feel like it's really uh, if if the NHL just sticks with NHL teams for their electronic league, I think that uh, will limit them as well because people will be like, well, why would I watch the NH this like video game hockey when I could watch real hockey? So I think they still have to they still have to think of how they can push it just past the NHL. They should be looking at getting teams with multiple different games under them to really broaden. It's an international scene, uh, esports is. And if you just stick to something small like the NHL and uh, the NHL games, uh, you're still not going to see the growth that you're going to get from every esport out there. I found it interesting. There's a there was an article I was reading where it said uh, one market analyst predicted that the industry would get 1.7 billion dollars in revenue by 2021. I looked at that number and kind of did a double take a little bit. But at the same time, I'm not overly surprised given how you know I'll use reality TV as an example. You you like add to your point about the entertainment value. What do you think is next for esports? Uh, I think it is getting on live TV. I think it's moving past just being streamed online to more genuine places like TV. I uh, I would love to see like uh, satellite radio shows where like you you have those NHL satellite radio shows or uh, NFL where you can listen to all the games while you're driving. I'd love to do that with esports. And I think at some point it'll get to that level where you'll hear about it on the radio and that will broaden how many people listen. And that also gives the opportunity for growth in the marketing aspect for these uh, growing franchises and uh, the growth of esports in general. It'll reach a larger audience. Spencer Clark, he's known as Frag Out with an E at the end, in case you're wondering. It's the Canadian version, as we were speaking before. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for the time and, and for your insight on esports. It's kind of uh, added a whole new dimension, I think, to uh, sort of the discussion that we've been having here on the, at the radio station. I know uh, both Rob and Ange have had uh, shows, and Gord as well have, have had top this topic on. But one thing we seem to have been lacking, I felt, was someone who's actually actively in esports in Calgary. So thank you so much for your insight today. And thank you for having me.
I love that conversation. It's great. Like the the amount of money. Like if you think this is going anywhere, you're dead wrong. And the other part of it is, is think about how much training it takes. Like how much, and I know it sounds weird while you're just pressing buttons, right? But to be one of the best in the world, to be making some of that coin, you actually have to put in the work for it, much like an athlete. I'll be honest. When I was uh, when I was playing hockey in my junior days, I, I got pretty good at, at the NHL game. I got up to like 157th in Canada, and that was like playing every day, playing against guys on my team, playing by myself, and I was 157th. Like that doesn't even crack you into any top tournament or anything like that. Like I said, they had the NHL World Championships, uh, NHL 18 World Championships this year, and I think there was like 10 guys. So, like I understand how hard it is to get really good at a game. And I can't imagine how good some of these guys are uh, and how much time and effort goes into it and learning things about the game too. Like they must have to study it as well. And not only that, but you're also getting those external pressures, right? Like Spencer alluded to it. You got your mom hanging over your shoulder. Like, why don't you go get a real job? <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, is, but now all of a sudden that's open, right? Like we, we talk about the, so going back to past episodes where we're talking about your own personal branding and, and how you have your own personal brand and how you can make money off of that. That's what these kids are doing. Well, and I look at it too. Like, yeah, if you're, uh, let's say a professional athlete, you know, yeah, the top leagues are the NHL and, you know, major league baseball and, and those leagues have leagues underneath them where guys make money for a living like mm. that. They can make money to support themselves and families. That's where I see this going. I think you're going to have your top leagues and then it's going to start tearing off. And maybe you don't have to be one of the best people in the world to make, uh, to make money doing it. Maybe you have to be one of the best players in the world to make the best money at it. But I think you, you're going to start seeing it's going to be, well, look, they're having tournaments and stuff here where they're offering money. But I think you're going to start seeing nationally recognized leagues that are uh, are making money. You may, might not be the best guy in the world, but you'll have a chance to earn some cash. Or, or even on a local stage, right? And before too long is some advertiser might be sitting there going, hey, you know what? That kid has 100,000 people watching him. Why wouldn't I attach myself to that? Yeah, exactly. Right? Like you can actually track those numbers thanks to the, the interwebs. Yeah. So it, it's a computer thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, it really is incredible. And, and uh, we're going to have to stop it there. I mean, it's, it's a conversation that I think is going to continue. And it's been continuing over the last few weeks with, as mentioned, with Gord and with Ange. They've had guests on. And we wanted to bring this aspect into it. So uh, really great to have Spencer on the show this week. And uh, Dave, Great to always be along with you for the ride as well. Always a pleasure, Joe. If you want to look us up on Twitter, it is at the Arena YYC. As always, you can listen to us in podcast form as well, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. This has been another edition of the Arena. I am Joe McFarland. I'm Dave McIver, and thanks for listening.